Um, I feel a bit anxious today, not so much because of public speaking, but rather so I haven't shared in a setting like this for over 10 years. Um, the last time I spoke, I was at Bible College, and um, I was speaking in an Assemblies of God church, and I preached, and it went well, um, and then the next day I woke up, and I just had a huge wave of doubt come over me. Um, it was a really hard time. I had so many questions. Um, and I think they call it the dark night of the soul. And it definitely felt like that. Um, it felt like I was going through a really rough time. And I was at Bible college preparing for Christian ministry. And I wasn't even sure at the time that I believed in God anymore. Um, so yeah, that was a really tough time. And um, it lasted about nine months. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit... Um, spoke to me one night and I hadn't felt like I had heard from God at all for those nine months and um, I felt like the Holy Spirit just urged me saying like push in, push in one more time and um, when I did um, I just felt like the haze of doubt just began to kind of gradually lift and um, it took a little bit of time to kind of get back on my feet again but um, as you can imagine that's why I feel a bit scared of talking today because I I haven't allowed myself to speak in a setting like this before because I've been so petrified of that happening again. And when God is everything to you and then you question God's existence, um, well, it makes you feel like quite low for a start. So, um, yeah, I believe that this is kind of a bit of a breakthrough day and I believe that um, I'm just fed up of living in fear now and I'm ready to kind of step out. So I just... Um, I would just like appreciate this week if you'd just pray for me as my um, church family because I've been in a battle really the last couple of weeks and I just appreciate your prayers this week if that's okay. Um, so um, the title of my message is called It's Worth the Wait and I've just asked Bethan if she'll come up and read Psalm 40 for us. Um, Psalm 40 says... I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come, it is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving love and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from this great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head and my heart fails within me. 
Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to save, to help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. Amen. Thank you, Bethan. Um, do you know that here in the UK, we spend around six months of our life waiting, waiting in queues? And I'm sure that's probably gone up since this pandemic started, because I feel like I've spent a lot of time in queues the last year. Um, but what winds me up the most, if I'm being honest, is when I'm waiting for something, especially a bus, and then somebody comes in and they cut in front of me it just winds me up so much and I'm just pray God to give me patience in that time because I don't speak up about it um but I think I don't know the thing about it is it just feels like a huge sense of injustice like you've been standing there you're waiting and then somebody comes in and they cuts in and it feels pretty annoying um but if I'm honest I felt like that at times in my life when I have been waiting for a breakthrough and praying and praying and then somebody else gets their breakthrough and you're just standing there thinking, God, like, when is it my turn? When is it me? Um, and I think, yes, we rejoice with others when they rejoice and we're thankful for them, but I think God is big enough to handle our questions and our groans at that point. And um, waiting is hard, it's hard, it's exhausting, and it's, it's boring really, isn't it? Um, but I think there's many times in our life where we've been left waiting. And uh, I guess I would encourage you today, um, I think probably everybody in this room probably has something that they're waiting for and maybe praying for at the minute. Um, whatever that is, whether that's a breakthrough in health, a breakthrough in... Um, mental health, job, finances, um, a relationship, even waiting for like a loved one to come to know the Lord. Um, and I just encourage you to kind of have that in your mind today and bring that to God as I um, share this message. Um, one morning in March, I was feeling particularly anxious in the morning and I felt like the Lord nudged me to Psalm 40. Um, and it stood out in a way that I hadn't really seen before, the process of waiting and how we can wait on the Lord. Um, through the hardships that we're facing. Uh, as you can see from the psalm, it seems to be split into two parts. You've got verses 1 to 10, um, which is when David shares about how, how God got him out of the pit and his rejoicing that God has got him out of it. And then you've got the second part of the psalm, which is from a verses 11 to 17, where he's in a pit again, crying out for deliverance from God. And I don't know if you've felt like that before. It feels just like one thing after another, and it keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and it's, it's hard. Waiting is so hard. So, like, what are you waiting for? What is your pit? That, what are you experiencing at the minute that is tough? It says in verse 2 that David was in a miry bog. He was in miry clay. He was stuck. He felt trapped. He felt like the situation was impossible. And perhaps you feel like that today. You feel this thing that you're waiting for. You feel trapped and exhausted and burdened and exhausted by it. 
You know, I was watching some videos of how to get out of quicksand. I'm not planning on getting stuck in quicksand anytime soon, but um, I just thought it would be interesting. And there was this lady like demonstrating how you get out of quicksand, and she was like surrounded by it, and like she'd kind of start to wriggle one leg, and she'd get that one out, and then the other one. It was kind of like a slow process. But she said, when you're in quicksand the last thing you want to do is wrestle. Don't wrestle, because if you wrestle, it's going gonna, gonna to be worse. You're going to get stuck for even longer, and you can't kind of panic in that time. And um, I was looking at this psalm, and David, he says, he waited patiently for the Lord, and I thought maybe we can learn something about that and the wrestling um, and waiting on God. Because, of course, when we find ourselves in a difficult time, we're not happy about it. It's hard. It's tough. And um, after the initial shock um, of finding ourselves in that difficult place, um, I think what we have to do is we have to wait. And it's so hard, and that's the last thing that you want to do in the situation. But we have to. We have to wait for the Lord. We have to wait for him to come and to rescue us. You know the word wait in this psalm? It isn't a twiddling your thumbs kind of wait. It's an active wait. It's the kind of wait where you are um, in a relay race and you're ready to go and you're waiting and you're waiting for that baton to come to you so then you can kind of propel forward. It's that kind of wait. It's a being active and a ready to receive. It's actively trusting and hoping and waiting on the Lord. And in the midst of this wilderness experience that you face when you're waiting, um, The Lord, he doesn't want your fancy prayers. He doesn't want performance in that time. What he wants is you. He wants you in that time. He wants surrender and he wants trust. And even though it's hard, we have to come to him in desperation in those times. You know, the psalm goes on to say that then the Lord puts a new song in your mouth and a testimony. And yes, that comes. That comes with time. But what do we have to do first? We have to wait. We have to draw near to him and he will draw near to us. What if, and kind of hear me out here, that these pits that we face, that we're in at the minute, aren't just to survive and to get through? What if these pits are actually tools that God is using to draw us closer to him and to um, make us look more like him? Because, you know, um, in these trials, we find ourselves in these pits and these hopeless situations, and it feels so difficult. But, you know, Jesus said in the Bible, in John 16, that in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. We are. God, God told us. He told us it will be hard. Tom's time, sometimes life is just hard, and it's rubbish, and it feels so awful and we feel so stuck but I just think that's so wonderful that Jesus told us in advance and he's given us that warning that yeah it is going to be hard but I'm never going to leave you I'm with you through it all I find it quite difficult to listen to um, people preaching prosperity and shaming people for their healings um, for for not receiving their healings sorry Um, because Jesus has already told us that we are going to face things and life does get hard sometimes and as I was preparing this message I felt like the Lord was saying to me that somebody here needs to know that the situation that you're going through right now isn't because of your lack of faith it's not because you've done anything wrong um 
And all you have to do is just reach out to him. Sometimes bad things happen and sometimes we're in situations and we haven't done anything wrong. But rest assured that Jesus is with you and he's conquered the world and he's not going to leave you in the situation that you're in at the minute and he's going to carry you through. We sang the song before that he's with us in the fire and he is, he's with us, he's walking through us in those times and you're not, you're not alone. Um, a wonderful quote from Elizabeth Elliot. I don't know if you've heard of her. I did my dissertation on her. She was a 20th century missionary and she went to the Ecuadorian Indians and she has the most incredible story of suffering. She went through a lot, lost her two husbands and um, faced a lot of loneliness in her life. Um, so I definitely recommend reading her books. And she quoted this, and I think it's such a powerful um, quote. It says, Our vision is so limited that we can hardly imagine a love that does not show itself in protection from suffering. The love of God is of a different nature altogether. It does not hate tragedy. It never denies reality. It stands in the very teeth of suffering. The love of God did not protect his own son. The cross was the proof of his love that he gave his son, and he let him go to Calvary's cross. Though legions of angels might have rescued him, he will not necessarily protect us, not from anything it takes to make us like his son. A lot of hammering and chiseling and purifying by fire will have to go into the process. And wow, like what if that's it? What if God is using this difficult time to draw you to himself? What if it's in the waiting that he is going to make you like gold, like in Isaiah, it's the refiner's fire? What if what you are going through right now is going to make you like precious gold? It says also in James, um, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. And again in Romans 3, it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The way I see it is we're going to go through tough things and we can either push God away or we can draw him close. What does God desire? He desires sacrifice. He wants us and he wants all of us. Well, you might say, Hannah, you have no idea what I'm going through. What I'm going through is really tough right now. I don't feel like praising God. I'm not sure I can wait much longer. No, I don't know what you're going through. I've, I'm sure some of you are going through some really difficult stuff right now. But I do know what it feels like to have walked through some really tough times some heartache, crippling anxiety, depression. And some days I've praised God through it. And some days all I've been able to muster is Jesus. Help me. I want to share with you some stories and examples of waiting in my life where the waiting felt completely unbearable, but it was worth it. I want to share one where God exceeded my expectations in the waiting. And I want to share another one when it wasn't quite how I went to plan, but I still saw God in the midst of it. And I'm just going to have a drink of water, and then I will tell you. I don't have enough hands. So, the first testimony I want to share 
where God exceeded my expectations. Um, and I like to tell stories because I think I remember people's stories. I love hearing people's testimonies. I think it's so good. So um, I'm from Cambridge originally. And um, at this point, we were living in Cambridge. We were living in a place called Camborne, which was about eight miles away from the city. Um, Faith was around this time, about like 18 months. Um, and we were on one salary because I was at home with um, Faith and Sam was working um, in the city at the time. We were paying a ridiculous amount of Cambridge rent prices. Um, we had no car. We were struggling financially. Um, we were relying on public transport, but even like the buses didn't turn up a lot of the time. Um, and it was really horrible. Oh yeah, the flat was mouldy, and we had we had carpet moths. I didn't even know they were a thing until we moved in there. It was just it was horrible, and they weren't really doing anything about it. Um, and at this point, I was also um, going through a lot of anxiety, and I was having panic attacks when I was leaving the house by myself. So it was a pretty rough pit. <laughs> at that point. Um, so Sam had applied for his ministry and training. It had kind of been a long process of living in that. Um, and then we were waiting for him to have his interview. And then he got the interview and we found out we were going to come here. Um, and uh, he finally got a job because obviously he wasn't um, coming here to work for the church at that point. He was finding a job somewhere else. And um, yeah, it was just hard. It was a really hard time. Um, we managed to find a place to rent in Norwich, even though it was more than what we could afford, but we were like, we need to get there. We've just kind of got to go for it. Um, so at this point, for the last couple of years, we'd applied for low-cost housing with the housing association because um, the place we were renting for wasn't helping us. The rent was too much. We had no money. It was really hard. Um, and we were such a low priority that I would be bidding for houses and we would literally come up at like 140th. That's how high demand it was for finding a house like that. So I'd kind of given up. I'd just kind of like, okay, that's not going to work. So we were just about to move to Norwich. Sam had his job starting the next week. We'd found a place to rent um, and it was all kind of going ahead. And, um, and then I had a phone call from a man from the housing association and he was like hi Hannah just to let you know that um, a flat's come up in the middle of um, the city of Cambridge um, and it doesn't usually happen but it's fallen down to you and um, if you come along on Friday you can view the place um, I have the keys ready and you can just take it so I kind of was like oh I didn't explain on the phone I just felt like God was telling me to view it. Anyway, I hung up the phone and organized the meeting for it. And then um, I was like, God, why now? Like, we've been waiting here for such a long time, living in a horrible situation, and now you're giving us a place in Cambridge when we're supposed to be in Norwich. Like, it just didn't make sense. So I wrestled with this all week, and it was actually the last day of Sam's work when we were going to view the property. So we got the bus to town together, he went to work, and then on his lunch break, we went to view this place. And it was great, it was not mouldy for a start, it was just kind of what we'd want, and it was half the rent of what we were paying at the time. Um, so he was like, do you want it? And we were like, well, yeah, we'd love it, but we can't because we're moving to Norwich next week. 
And do you know what he said? He said, well, it's your lucky day because I've just started this job and I cover the whole of Norfolk and I've fl a flat's just come up in Norwich and if you want it, you can have it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and it was amazing. And you know, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen because you can't switch housing associations between counties. Does that make sense? So that shouldn't have happened. And he actually said, if you'd seen anybody else today, they wouldn't have been able to offer you that. I have. So we got here, and that's how we got here. And it was half the rent what we were paying before. So that was fantastic. So that's just kind of... Oh, and another good thing about that is a kind of a bit of a miracle, is that even us viewing the property was a bit of a miracle because um, we brought our bus tickets together well, Sam had brought them, and then he gave them to me so I could get the bus to go to the property, and he was cycling. Um, and I got on the bus, and I managed to get there, but it wasn't till afterwards that I had an out... I realised, when I tried to get the bus back into the city, that I had an out-of-date bus ticket, and the bus driver hadn't noticed on the way, and I had no cash on me, and at that point, you couldn't pay by card. So I, And we both had to be there to view the property, otherwise they wouldn't have accepted us. So that was a miracle that I even really got there um, on that day. Anyway, so the wait, was it hard? Yes. Did those carpet moths do my head in? Yes, they did. They were awful. But I learned a lot about the faithfulness and provision of God in that time, and he totally exceeded my expectations. So that was a great outcome of waiting. But how about a time where it didn't end up how I expected? So uh, I'm the youngest of four. I grew up in a Christian home, Christian parents, Christian grandparents. I was taught about Jesus at a really young age. Um, which was great. Um, but not long before I was born, my dad was actually diagnosed with MS. Um, so I grew up in a home with a very sick parent. And um, I don't really remember him walking vaguely on crutches, but his health just kind of deteriorated um, through my childhood and teenage life. It got to the point where he was paralyzed, neck down, had a feeding peg, couldn't speak. Um, and he passed away in my final year of Bible college when I was 20. And it didn't seem fair. Now, I remember going to countless prayer meetings, healing meetings over and over again. And I prayed and I believed with my whole heart that God could have healed him. And I still do. I still believe that. But God chose not to heal him this side of heaven. Why? I don't know. I don't have the answers. But I can see the snippets of goodness of God through that situation. My dad was an amazing man of faith and um, I still feel um, amazed really looking around at his funeral and seeing so many people that he'd impacted in his life. He had faith till the end, as did we. Um, since then, some of my family members have come to know Christ, which is amazing. And um, if I'm honest, I think the most amazing thing is how he, God grew us through those times. It was a total refining over years and years and years. The waiting was hard. Did it feel unbearable? Yes. Did, it, did we cry many tears? Yes, so many. But the faithfulness of God through it, he was so faithful. If only you knew what you're going through right now, that God is with you and he is so faithful in those times. And it might feel impossible and infuriating and it might feel like you can't even stand the burden that you're going through. But if you allow him to, 
he'll find you in that pit and he will come to your side and he'll carry you like you'll, you never even knew he could carry you. It's such a grace in those times that he gives. I do know what it feels like when it's so impossible and it hurts that all you can do out, all you can do is to cry to him. But he sees you in that miry clay and you're not alone. He's with you in the fire and there's a depth and a closeness that comes in that time and in the storm. And if you only knew what he was doing and how he was shaping you. I actually remember having a conversation with my mum not long after my dad had passed away. And my mum is the most amazing lady I know. And she carried our family through a really difficult time. But I know if you said that to her, she'd say that the Lord was carrying her um, as well. But I was having a conversation with her and we were talking about the grace of God that we'd had over this whole season of living with a sick person. And I mean, it takes a lot of strength to see somebody very sick over day after day and kind of waiting and walking through that. Um, And we were talking about the closeness of God. And I remember her saying that um, she kind of didn't want it to end. Not that we wanted our dad to carry on, my dad to carry on in that place. But there was such a closeness that came and a grace that comes in those situations that you don't really get when everything is going well. I think for me in my life, I actually find that I feel closer to God in harder times rather than um, when life is going well. Yeah. Although it was awful, I, um, I can see how amazing God was and how he carried us through it all. We weren't a special family, but we were just a family desperate for a touch of God in a really desperate situation. And his wonderful grace carried us through. So be expectant of God. He can meet you in the darkest situations of your life. I'm not sharing these stories for sympathy or anything, um, but rather praising God for his faithfulness. As I've kind of been thinking about these testimonies, I've cried a lot the past couple of weeks, not because of what I went through, but because God is so faithful. He is, and he carries us through some really difficult things. So I would encourage you to look back over your life and to... um, Remember the testimonies and what God has done for you in those time, in different times. So, whatever you're waiting for, is it a relationship, a healing, a baby, a job, a loved one to come to know to Christ? God is big enough to handle it, just let him. He just wants you. The waiting is hard, and whatever impossible situation that you're finding yourself in right now, I pray that God will fulfill your heart's desires, and he will... Um, heal and restore and provide whatever that you need but even if he doesn't in the way we want to or it's not yet keep trusting in him I just want to add that there's been times when I have felt the amazing grace of God in my life and it's been wonderful but there's been plenty of times when I've gone through tough things and I've had questions and doubted and it's been really difficult There's a song um, by Rachel Morley and the lyrics go, what if it doesn't look like what I thought it would? What if you come in ways I never knew you could? You know, sometimes we can be in these pits and we can look around and we can... Life isn't what we expected it to be. We didn't think it would be like this. But I want you to know that God has plans for you. And what if he just wants your full attention? 
And my heart, it does go out for so many of you going through tough things at the minute. And maybe the healing isn't going to come as we expected, or maybe the breakthrough isn't going to come as we expected. And waking up every day and facing those giants is really tough. But it is in the waiting. Yeah, it is in the waiting. I I wasn't sure if I was going to share this bit, but I guess I just want to explain I'm not, I haven't had these breakthroughs and I'm okay because at the minute I feel like I'm in a waiting time myself. Um, the past five years I've gone through a lot of um, anxiety, panic attacks, um, even last week. I mean, it's all the time and um, it's been really tough and it's been exhausting and I've had like five rounds of therapy and some days are good and some days are bad and I'm still in the battle at the minute. And I'm not saying you have to do it alone. If you need help, get help. Get the professional help you need. Like, God wants you to use those things. They're tools to help you to get better. But God is in control in those times, and he has, he has it in his hands. And I know it feels hard to praise, but when he becomes your focus and your joy, you want to praise. It, it, all those situations kind of, you know, they don't seem as hard when he's with it in you. And I think there's something so beautiful about people worshipping God in hard times. I'm not talking about just on a Sunday morning, but when you see people day after day going through tough things and they're still following God and they're still walking with him, I think it's so beautiful. And I think God thinks it's so beautiful too. Um, Sam's mum is currently um, battling MS and cancer. And although she had a good praise report this week, but she keeps pushing on she keeps praising God in the midst of it and I think I think it's amazing and it's incredible you know when me and Sam met it felt like a lot of waiting it felt like waiting to meet him and then we didn't realize but we'd we met at Bible college and the first year we decided to give to God without each other knowing and we just wanted to not get into a relationship and just focus on the Lord individually and we didn't realize that we'd both done that. And then when we realized, we were like, oh, this will be hard. So then we had to wait more, then wait until get engaged, then wait until get married. And we were living in different cities. So it was back and forwards all of the time. And it was really tough. Was the waiting worth it? Yes. Do we love each other? Yes. Are we best friends? Yes. But does he complete me? No. Do I complete him? No. No, because there's a yearning that goes beyond getting watched getting what we have been waiting for. And who satisfies that yearning? It's Jesus. He says, whoever comes to me and drinks shall drink living water. What am I saying? I'm saying that even the thing that we have been so desperately waiting for, when it comes to it, it will be amazing and fantastic. And we'll rejoice and we'll praise God. But that thing will never satisfy you because the only one who can satisfy you is Jesus. I want to take you back to that pit in Psalm 40. Imagine you being stuck in this pit. Remember what I said about the wrestling and the clay and it making it worse. What if instead of wrestling, each movement we made was a sign of surrender to God? As you rest in him, all the expectations and how we think God is going to work all of it out, if we just let them go and they fall off and we just sit in our heavenly father's lap and trust in him, in the wait, like he will come, he will be there. What if instead of wrestling, we rest in him? You're not denying that it's tough. God isn't asking you to perform and to just 
to say everything is okay because it's not. It's not. And he is big enough to handle those things. But it's just coming to him in surrender and being real and being honest and trusting him in it. So to finish, I just want to read to you a poem. Um, I read this poem actually at my dad's funeral and I read it a lot growing up um, because it just spoke to me so much. So I'm just going to read that to you. And I have some copies afterwards if anyone would like it. So it's called Wait and it's by Russell Kelfer. Desperately, helplessly, longingly I cried. Quietly, patiently, lovingly God replied. I pled and I wept for a clue to my fate. And the master so gently said, wait. Wait, you say wait, my indignant reply. Lord, I need answers, I need to know why. Is your hand shortened or have you not heard? By faith I have asked and I'm claiming your word. My future and all to which I relate hangs in the balance and you tell me to wait. I'm needing a yes, a go-ahead sign, or even a no to which I can resign. You promised, dear Lord, that if we believe, we need but to ask and we shall receive. And Lord, I've been asking and this is my cry. I'm weary of asking, I need a reply. Then quietly, softly, I learned of my fate as my master replied again, wait. So I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught, and grumbled to God, so I'm waiting for what? He seemed then to kneel, and his eyes wept with, met with mine, and he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could shake the heavens and darken the sun. I could raise the dead and cause mountains to run. All I, I could give, all you seek, and pleased you would be. You would have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through the clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence are all you can see. You'd never experience the fullness of love when my peace of my spirit descends like a dove. You'd know that I give and I stay for a start, but you'd not know the depth of the beat of my heart, the glow of my comfort late into the night, the faith that I give when you walk without sight, the depth that's beyond getting just what you ask of an infinite God who makes what you have last. You'd never know should your pain quickly flee what it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. Yes, your dearest dreams overnight would come true, but all oh, the loss if you missed what I'm doing in you. So be silent, my child, and in time you will see that the greatest of gifts is to get to know me. And though oft my answers may seem terribly late, my most precious of answer, answers of all is wait. So I just want to pray for you all and then um, hand over. Yeah, dear Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you care for us. I thank you that you promise to never leave us. I pray for my church family here, that, Lord, you'd meet them in the midst of their troubles and hardships, in the deep pit where they're in, where it feels impossible, Lord. Would you show them your light? Lord, when it feels so hopeless, would you give them grace to push on? Would you give them the strength they need to sustain in this way? Help them to trust you more. Help them to see that all you really want is them, not performance, but you just want their hearts. Bring people into their lives to encourage them. Bring the right professionals to help them if they need that. Help them to know that you are with them. And we do pray for breakthroughs, that this would be a week of breakthroughs, a week of answered prayers, a week of joy and peace. And we praise you that you are God, and we thank you for your goodness and faithfulness in our lives. You are so good and faithful, and we love you. Amen.
Didn't she do great? Amen. I'm so proud. I think that's the first... Do you know what? I actually think that's one of the first times I've heard you preach. Do you know that? In like over 10 years of knowing Hannah. The the reason why I was speaking somewhere and Hannah was speaking somewhere and it had been scheduled... And everyone, this is the, the last time she spoke, and everyone was like, it was the most amazing message you've ever heard, Sam. That was, that was what they were like, and I was like, and now I can believe that. You know, some of you today are wondering, you know, I like all of that, and I like the sound of a God walking with me and through the fire and through the trial. But I, I'm not sure I'm at with that. And maybe you're watching on the message, or maybe you're here today, and you're, and you're thinking to yourself, I have not made that decision to follow Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. And so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to ask everyone to stand and we're just going to pray together. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. I'm going to ask him to touch hearts in this place. And we're going to go into a time of uh, ministry after that where we're going to be meeting this side of the room. Len and Talita are going to come and and assist uh, me in praying if anyone wants to come and pray this side of the room. But I'm just going to give you that opportunity right now You just want to close your eyes and say, Lord, I I come to you. I wait on you. I thank you, Father, that you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And if you've never made that decision to ask Jesus in your heart, Just say, Lord, I turn to you and I repent. I turn from evil and sin and I turn to you, Father. I trust you. I don't trust myself. I trust you. Say it however you want to say it from your heart. And all of us here as people of God, that's not something you do once. That's something you continue to do is that you continue to ask him for grace. And some of you need grace. Some of you need an impartation of his grace. You need to know he's with you again. You need to know that fresh touch of his spirit. And so just put your hands in the air if you want to, or just put your hands out in front of you. Just have a posture of receiving something. You know, when you do something with your body, it's something happens in your spirit, I believe, as well. We, we raise up holy hands and so on. And so right now, just have a, a posture of receiving. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I receive your